today uh, being the appearance day of Lord Ramachandra, a very, very auspicious day. Uh, instead of uh, doing a, a Bhagavatam verse, uh, there is a pranam mantra for Sita Ram. It only shows up once in the Veda base, in additional verses for worshipping specific deities in the supplement to the Pancharach Pratipika deity worship manual started but never completed by the GBC press. <laughs> so, but it's here, it's a very nice mantra. And uh, so I, we couldn't put it on the board, but uh, I'll, uh, it, 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 uh, it's easy enough to chant together. I'll read it first. Ramaya, Ramabhadraya, Ramachandraya, may to say, Raghunathaya, Nathaya, Sitaya, Pataye, Namaha. Uh, so, uh, uh, Ramaya unto Lord Ramchandra. This is, a, you know, the Namahati, and I'm offering obeisances, so these are all unto Rama, Ramaya, Ramabhadraya, to Ramabhadra, Ramchandra, who was all auspicious. Huh? Ramabhadraya, uh, Ramachandraya, huh? unto Lord Ramachandra, uh, uh, may to say, they left that out of the translation, uh, may to say means who is very smart, right? I think so. May to means intelligent. <laughs> Let me look it up in the dictionary. Huh? I'm sure that's what it means. I left that out of, left that out of the translation. Yeah, I think Meda is, that's what it is. M-E-D-H-A. Yeah, uh, Meda with a long A anyway, yeah. Unto one who is very smart. Oh, the way it is Meda Sa. Let's look at this one. Nah, nah. Yeah, it means... It also has the word for sacrifice. Meda is a sacrifice. I, I don't know if they mean someone who's very intelligent. Usually it's the end of the word. So, uh, to, one, to one who receives sacrifices might be like that. Meda say. You know, the S with the dot under it. Meda say. Okay, anyway, made a shade. They don't use it. They don't want they don't, don't translate here. Anyway, then Raghunathaya unto the lord of the Ragu dynasty, uh, Raghunath. Nathaya unto the one who is the lord. Sitayai uh, Pataye, who is the husband of Sita Devi. Namaha. Uh, so just say after me. Ramaya. Ramabhadraya Ramachandraya Medashe Raghunathaya Nathaya Sitayai Pataye Namaha Nice verse, huh? This is very good. Not very nice verse. Um, for Sita Ram. Yeah, uh, I, especially I learned this verse because I was the last year or so I was staying outside of the uh, our temple in Potomac, Maryland, uh, right outside of the. It's a, it's our center for the capital of the United States, uh, 
And it's always interesting that, so we have uh, Sita, Ram, Lakshman, Hanuman deities on the altar there. Uh, so you offer obeisance, you've got to have a pranam mantra. So that, anyway, I learned this one. Uh, we have, uh, it's interesting, we also have uh, Sita, Ram, Lakshman, Hanuman uh, at the Bhaktivedanta Manor outside of London. In New Delhi, the capital of, uh, you know, India, so it tend to be, uh, we have, I don't know if it's a plan, but wherever there's capital cities, you know, we, if we can do it, we should have uh, uh, Lord Ramachandra because he's the uh, good government, you know. <laughs> he's the emblem of good government. Uh, Ram Raj uh, is a slogan in Nidia, the, the rule of Ram is the sign of good government. Although during the independence movement, they said Swaraj is Ramraj. Swaraj means independence. Not under the British, but Swaraj is Ramraj. Turned out to be false, of course. Because, uh, but uh, anyway, uh, people do want the kingdom of, uh, 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 of God sometimes, or a good government, Ramraj that way. Uh, there's very, the Prabhupada has something very interesting to say about uh, Ramachandra. Uh, and uh, uh, the, the real lesson of the Ramayana that uh, many people don't get. Uh, one thing you may notice is that uh, Sita is of course Ramchandra's internal potency and she's also the goddess of fortune and she's the wife of Ramchandra. Uh, but she's worshipped independently because she's the goddess of fortune. You know, even, even uh, gamblers in the West, they worship Lady Luck. Because the thing is, you can do everything right and if luck is with you, you'll succeed. You do everything right and luck is not there, good fortune is not there, you lose it. You know? On the other hand, you can really screw up, but if you have good luck, you know, you're... So that's the factor, you know, the chance factor, the luck factor, the good fortune factor. And some people seem to be lucky and some people, you know... So gamblers are always, you know, into into lady luck. They even have you know, pictures of her with a horseshoe, which is a symbol of good luck, at least in America. You know, lady luck they want. So they they want her, but of course everybody knows she's chanchala, uh, fickle. She doesn't stay any place very long. You go to many Indians' houses, they'll always have a you know, uh, at least a picture of Lakshmi. You know, they want her to stay, but she's noted for not abiding anywhere very long. Of course, if she's always by the side of Ramchandra, then if you, you know, then she's stable. But they want to separate Sita from Ram. By the way, they also tend to set separate Hanuman from Ram. Um. I, I noticed this when I was uh, in, in Jagannath Puri. There's a the Jagannath Balava Gardens where Lord Chaitanya had some pastimes, and uh, 
so wanting to very beautiful gardens in, in Puri and, and we encountered this uh, Hanuman temple there and then we noticed that uh, all the pujaris were these brahmacharis but they were all bucked up bulked up you know they had big muscles and you know big chest and everything and then we noticed we, right in front of the the, the temple there was like all these weights for weightlifting and exercising bars and stuff like that. And so they were Hanuman Pujaris, uh, worshipping Hanuman in this thing, but they're, they're worshipping him for physical strength. Uh, and th th then next to, next to uh, our, our, uh, our, our temple in, in uh, not New Delhi, but, uh, uh, huh? In Juhu, yeah, in Juhu, there's this little garden where you can walk around Tulsi. There's a little little park. It's a tiny park, which we take care of, actually. And there's a little path that people walk around, you know, for just walking in this, this park. It's not very big. Uh, and, and the devotees have been taking care of it, and right in the middle of it is a Tulsi Devi, right in the middle of the walking path, so everybody unknowingly is circumambulating Tulsi. And then to one side there's like a playground, and then there's also a weightlifting place. So I looked in that weightlifting place, and sure enough there's Hanuman. <laughs> so this is where people who are like, you know, worship Hanuman for physical strength. Uh, not knowing that actually all money and all strength is to be used in the service of, of Ramchandra. So Prabhupada uh, 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 says uh, that, that how Sita and Lakshmi, we, we should revere them, but there, there's a secret to how to do this. Uh, uh, Prabhupada writes, this is the purport to 2723. Sita is Lakshmiji, or the goddess of fortune, but she is never to be enjoyed by any living being. She is meant to be worshipped by the living being along with her husband, Sri Ramchandra. A materialistic man like Ravana does not understand this great, great truth. But on the contrary, he wants to snatch Sita Dev, Devi from the custody of Rama and thus incurs great misery. The materialists who are after opulence and material prosperity may take lessons from the Ramayana that the policy of exploiting the nature of the Lord without acknowledging the supremacy of the Supreme Lord is the policy of Ravana. Ravana was very advanced materially, so much so that he turned his kingdom, Lanka, into pure gold or full material wealth. But because he did not recognize the supremacy of Lord Ramchandra and defied him by stealing his wife Sita, Ravana was killed and all his opulence and power were destroyed. Uh, 
then uh, talking uh, uh, in a lecture on Bhagavad Gita in London, Prabhupada said, uh, this is in August 6, 73, he says, So Hanuman, a great fighter, fought with Ravana, but not for his personal interest. The interest was how to get Sitaji from the hand hands of Ravana, kill the whole family and get out and let her sit down by the side of Ramchandra. That is the policy of Hanuman or devotees. And the Ravana policy is take Sita from the clutches of Ram and enjoy her. And Hanu, uh, this is Ravana's policy, and Hanuman's policy is take out Sita from the hands of Ravana and get her seated by the side of Ramchandra. The same Sita. Uh, Sita means Lakshmi wealth. So Lakshmi means Narayana's property, God's property. So in other words, all natural resources, all the bounty of nature does not belong to us, but to God. Just as Sita belongs to Ramachandra. And when we try to become the enjoyer and controller of wealth or material nature, it means we've become like Ravana. Which is our own project. If you want to become the controller and enjoyer of material nature, what does it mean you want to become? God. We want to kill him and take his, you know, like Robert, we want to kill him and enjoy his, all his resources. So th- that's what we mean by demon, who wants to kill God and enjoy God's energy. And that's the policy right now of the, the modern world. Uh, 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 I, you know, the, 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 I had a course once, you know, in philosophy of science, what's science to to control material nature? We're going to get in there and we're going to control it. And when we get really on top of it, we'll be able to stay alive in these bodies forever. Anything goes wrong, we're going to fix it up. you know, I, you read the articles. Yeah, you know the, the the cells get old and die, and there's a little, you know, uh, little biological switch inside, and they start to die. And we just know how we're going to be able to go in there and flick it back. You know, <laughs> we have our immortality projects and things like this. Uh, so. You know, we we are right now. Of course, there's a lot of wealth in the world, billions and billions of dollars. But as it turns out, sometimes it can just disappear. Every so often, all this wealth turns out to be illusory. <laughs> uh, so uh, this is. Uh, uh, another thing, you can't really uh, enjoy it because uh, 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 the Lakshmi, the goddess of fortune, is known as Chanchala. 
She's restless. She never stays anywhere very long, goes away. And uh, so she, she belongs to uh, the, uh, yeah, belong, belongs uh, to uh, the, the Lord. A very interesting, uh, Prabhupada actually uh, in 1971 he gave this initiation in Los Angeles to someone and said, Your name is Ram Ranjana. He says, Ram Ranjana, one who pleases Lord Rama. So he says, so by your activities, the, 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 the person actually was a professor, I think, at Oregon State University, uh, who, who died soon after getting initiation, he was killed in an automobile accident. But anyway, he said, your activities, you have to please Lord Ramchandra. Uh, yes, so what was the business of Ramchandra, he says, to kill Ravanas. And everybody laughs, you know. To kill the atheists, that was Ramchandra's business. Uh, he says, Ravana was a very powerful atheist and he was working with ten heads. Just like materialistic karmis, they work very hard and they've got good brain for working hard, so Ravana has ten heads. But the plan was to, uh, to cheat uh, uh, Rama. And to cheat him, and uh, so uh, and then he says, in order to please Ramchandra, we have to kill this atheist class of men who try to cheat Ramchandra and take away his Lakshmi, his Sita. He said, the materialistic persons they are trying simply to accumulate with. Wealth, so they so they come to Ramchandra. They want money. That is Sita. Money is goddess of fortune. Their materialistic persons. Their policy is to earn money like anything and employ it in sense gratification. That is their policy. But our policy is to take away the money from the atheists and employ it in the service of Ramchandra, just like Hanuman. Hanuman was fighting, but not for his personal gain. He explains like this. Uh, uh, so the devotees' policies should be, these atheists, materialists, karmis, they have taken Sita, all the goddess of fortune, money for their sense gratification, and we, following the footsteps of Hanuman, the great devotee, Vajrangaja, uh, uh, Vajrangaji, we have to fight with this atheist class of men and snatch him from Sita and place her again on the side of Ramchandra. So we may make plan. As they are making plan to take away all the money, we also have to make plan to take the money from Ravana and employ it for Krishna. Of course, we're not going to cheat them. Our policy is to pacify them uh, this your money is God's money. Please give some for Krishna's service. <laughs> uh, like that. Uh, in, in, in another place, he says, uh, 
he says uh, uh, to her, uh, he, he says, yeah, if, and if you do not give this money, you will be killed. <laughs> and that's a, that's a very profound truth, actually. That's a very profound truth. Uh, because, because when we try to enjoy in the material world, what, what is the cause of death? Uh, we are eternal spirit souls. So what is the cause of our seeming to die? That we identify ourselves falsely with the material body. What causes... What, what causes this false identification of the self with the material body? What force is that? It's sense gratification. Really, it is. It's, it, sense gratification is not harmless to ourselves, even. We think we enjoy by this, but actually, we, and we think like that. When we enjoy sense gratification, we puff up. A and we think, now I'm enjoying. You may notice if you go out on a holiday or the weekend and people are sitting around drinking beer and whatever, they want you to notice that they're having a good time. See, I'm enjoying, I'm controlling. Now, of course, they have selfies and they go on Facebook and they advertise how much they're enjoying. And, and so I, I'm the enjoyer and I'm the controller. It's a God project. I'm the enjoyer and I'm the controller. But when you, when you try to enjoy the senses, that forces you to identify yourself with the material body. The idea that I am not this body, it's just like words, you know. That's why Krishna says in the Bhagavad Gita, Yehi samsparsha ja bhoga dukkha yonaya evate. Those pleasures, samsparsha ja bhoga, that are joined from the contact of the senses with the object. Sparsha means touch, so samsparsha ja, the touching together, the bringing together the senses and objects. You bring your senses together with an object and you feel pleasure. Samsparsaja bhoga. You enjoy it. Dukkayonaya hmm? evate. They are the source of all suffering. And therefore, those who are wise, nateshu ramate, buddha, those who are wise, they take no delight in them. I mean, certainly, if you're thirsty, it's pleasure to drink water. Uh, but we, we do it, you know, as devotees, we should do it. To, uh, I'm keeping my body fit for Krishna's service. Thank you, Krishna. Prabhupada said, whenever we drink water, we should be thinking, thank you, Krishna, for satisfying my thirst. This is Krishna's mercy to give me strength so I could serve. And this is a devotee's idea. So you, you, in order to stay alive, just take your next breath is sense gratification. So <laughs> that's required. So we take what we need to stay alive, keep the body safe, but we don't get in the mood, I am the enjoyer and I am the controller. This idea, one, one thing we, we learned from, from the, the Ramayana, 
uh, is that the 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 the, the project uh, uh, of being the enjoyer is 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 a God project. Uh, people want to enjoy and control material nature, and they want it to keep on going, because basically. Uh, uh, our ultimate surrender to Krishna is death. I mean, for the materialists. They, I, I've, I've stood in the back of a temple sometimes, you know, saying the Jayom prayers, you know, at the end of a kirtan uh, during a Sunday feast. Uh, and uh, 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 devotees are all bowing down on the floor and there's some newcomers first time they've been in the temple and they're looking at these devotees you know offering dandabats and they, they think my god I'll never do that <laughs> we're bowing we, we act it out you know uh, I mean now in India people just say dandabat you know <laughs> like that <laughs> just means thanks, you know, but, but uh, really, dandabat means you lie down like a standa, like a stick. Now, dandabat. So we, we, we act it out. I mean, I'm never going to do that. You know, it's like a slave mentality. It's all that other kind of stuff, you know. But, but we have no choice. Uh, in Krishna consciousness, we voluntarily surrender to Krishna. And we offer obeisances. You say, no, I'm not going to do it. I've got my own money, my own project, you know, my own greatness, my own immortality project. Uh, what happens at the time of death, you know? You give up everything. You can't take it with you, you know? You have to give it up. And, you know, thunderbots. <laughs> You bow down before Krishna. So, ultimately, to be a servant of Krishna is built in. We actually, we have no choice not to surrender to Krishna. That's not our freedom. Our free will, do you want to surrender this way, the nice way? <laughs> or do you want to surrender the horrible way? Choose. That's, that's the, the extent of our minute freedom, to surrender to Krishna. And to surrender to Krishna is to acknowledge that he is the enjoyer and he is the controller. And, and then, then our eternal life becomes, we understand that we are spirit-soul. Otherwise, everyone's engaging in a God project because they, they think they have to become God to have eternal life. That's what they think. In, in, in 1972 there was a there was a book that uh, became uh, won some prizes in America that was called uh, uh, The Denial of Death. A guy by Ernest Becker, uh, 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 and uh, that that the premise of this book is that human civilization is a very elaborate 
and kind of symbolic defense mechanism against the knowledge of our own mortality is basically we've got these immortality projects going on. Now everybody can be a little immortality project because you're, you know, you're, you can, have, you know, store your data forever. Of course, nobody's going to look at it. <laughs> but that's what it is. You know, you write a book, you know. Uh, even Shakespeare's sonnet, so long as men can live and breathe, so long lives this, and this gives life to thee. You know, immortality through literature, poetry, art, the immortality. People will remember my name. Uh, and of course, there's monuments to dead people all over the place. You can visit them. Uh, they got some kind of immortality uh, project. Uh, and see, earlier there was a there was a psychiatrist who who analyzed. You know, Sigmund Freud. This is a very interesting. Sigmund Freud had had the idea that um, uh, that uh, he found in his patients that he was uh, that what he called the the Oedipal complex that, that 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 his male patients actually their secret desire which they couldn't even acknowledge to themselves was to kill their father and enjoy their mother I, Prabhupada was told this once, he said, I never wanted to do that, but anyway. <laughs> uh, this is, this is, this is what, what he found, to, to kill their, their father and enjoy their mother. Uh, 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 and uh, uh, he had uh, various reasons why it was there, but this, this uh, Norman Brown uh, said, actually, it, 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 it's what you know because Oedipus Rex. You know, this is from from this play by Sophocles, where Oedipus the king discovers that without knowing it, he he met a king, killed the king, uh, and then took his his widow as his wife, and it turned out that that king was his father. And then he blinded himself, you know. Symbolic castration. Anyway, you know, for Freud. But this is, this is the Greek story, the story played by Sophocles, Oedipus Rex, and, and another play after that, you know. So that's why he called it this Oedipus complex, that actually something deep inside human beings, this idea of killing one's father and enjoying one's mother. And as Norman Brown says, actually, it's a God project. Because you want to become the father of yourself. And therefore, immortal. Uh, uh, the sui generis, you know, you're, you're self-created or self... But if you look at, 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 if our real father is Krishna and our real mother is Lakshmi, that's our project. To kill Krishna and enjoy his energies. That, that, that may actually be the origin of this kind of idea. That, that, I, that, I, that I want to become God. 
Uh, and th- this is this is what we call demonic. Uh, this I- idea, and this is the basis of civilization. Uh, and it will end in ruin, as we can see. They you, you never quite you never quite make it. Technology causes more problems than it solves, or other pro- you just shift the burden. Although, of course, the real faith is all the problems caused by technology can be cured by more technology. That's that's an act. That's a real act of faith. Uh, humanism, you know, that humans are the greatest things around, and and so on. Uh, so this this kind of uh, uh, these kind of immortality projects is a displacement of our real desire. We do want to live forever because, in fact, we are eternal. Uh, but our our eternal nature is not dependent upon our being God, but of being the servant of God, and to join in God's pastimes. Uh, and uh, uh, so, so this is this is you know what we should we should understand about about uh, about uh, this. Uh, why? What it really means to to be servant of Ramachandra, especially on his appearance day. Uh, why? Why we should uh, uh, support the idea of using everything in God's service, uh, and we we understand that if we satisfy Krishna, everyone becomes satisfied. Lakshmi Devi is 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 wherever Krishna is, uh, and uh, and uh, we will also take care properly of, of of Krishna's energy, and Prabhupada said that 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 uh, if the Earth planet is happy, uh, right now the, the the materialists are like the burden of the Earth. Uh, uh, Prabhupada says there's two kinds of burdens. Uh, uh, one is the burden of love. It's a burden of love, like like a mother can pick up a very heavy child and carry it and doesn't mind. They can pick it up, but if it's a if if, if it's just it's just forced to do it, you can't you can't do it. So uh, the, he said the the earth. People were talking at the time, Prabhupada, here about overpopulation. You know, that was considered to be the big danger. Uh, but, but really, he said the earth can bear many, many hundreds of times, but it has to be a burden of love. That the earth can produce so much more if the earth is treated right. And the key to treating the earth right, he says, is there's a very deep relationship between protecting the cow and taking care of earth. And you can actually see in a, in, 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 a, in a practical way how this is true. Because, because uh, uh, if, if, if you utilize, uh, protect the cows and the bulls, and you therefore uh, work in cooperation with them, taking care of them, uh, uh, then, then, then the, the bull itself well, then it will, it will force us to have energy production and food production as local as possible. Uh, 
And if you start taking care of the earth in the proper way, turn out to be much more productive than you can ever imagine. People have experimented with this. When I saw this newspaper uh, article of some professors at an agricultural college plowing with bulls because they figured it out, <laughs> you know, the, 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 that, that if you make energy production and food production as local as possible, this is really a good way because not only does the, the you know, you, you need to have civilization, the people that produce food have to produce more than they can eat. There has to be some surplus. So you can have scholars, thinkers, you know, it requires a surplus. Uh, if you're just hunter-gatherers, then there's just like tribal people. But to have, to have a surplus, then they have this, that's, why, that's why farming is there. And, and, and the bulls will multiply your efforts so you can have a surplus. Uh, and, uh, and, and, and when there's surplus, there's a civilization. Uh, th there's people who, who can you know, just read and write and teach and all those kinds of things and do fine art and all. That's the basis. But, but, but with bulls as your energy source, you grow their, you, you grow their food. You have a tractor, you know, then you have to maintain big armies to defend the oil fields in Saudi Arabia, some other place, you know, you have to own this stuff. You have to have a factory somewhere to make the tractor. You have to bring it there. You have to prepare it, you know, all that stuff. But you have a bull, it's all right there. And the bull produces first-class fertilizer. Which turns out not only not only fertilizes the soil, very medicinal for many many things. And the cow gives milk, and Prabhupada said, you know, the finer brain tissues for understanding spiritual philosophy. People don't know about this yet, but I'm sure somebody will investigate one day and be able to like pin it down with neuroscience. So we we have we have, we we have this formula. Uh, my my feeling is things are going to have to get a lot worse before people will start to think. Well, maybe we have to do this alternative. But we should we should be prepared. We should be prepared for this. That's that's Ram Raj. That's the kingdom of Raj. Uh, uh, that's the kingdom of Ram. Uh, 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 and the earth is protected when the cow and the bull are, are protected. The cow is dharma. Uh, the bull is the earth. I mean, the cow is the earth. The bull is dharma. Excuse me. Those two things are there in the Bhagavatam. And you may see this. You may think of them as symbolic representations, but it's not just symbolic. They're, they're, they're true symbols, you might say. And you can follow the, 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 the connection. Uh, and so we know how Maharaj Pritchard received the age of Kali. So similarly, we should learn from, from the devotee should be like Hanuman. Uh, uh, we, 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 we should utilize whatever we get and tell other people this is how your wealth has to be used. 
in the service of Ramchandra. Otherwise, you'll be killed. They will. I mean, really, we don't have to kill them, by the way. Uh, they all die anyway, but they're going to run into disasters one way uh, after another. So that's why it is true that, you know, uh, really, uh, proper human life is is the ki- the kingdom of uh, the kingdom of Raj Chandra, and uh, uh, we should remember that uh, on this uh, special day. Any questions or comments? Prabhupada says in another purport, there's a, a series, there's a, some, uh, uh, yeah, when there's, there's a, 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 a verse uh, in 889 describing uh, uh, the appearance of uh, Sita the goddess of fortune. Tatas Chavirabhut Sakshat Sri Rama Bhagavat Para Ranjananti Disha Kantya Vidyut Sodamani Yata. Then there appeared the goddess of fortune, Rama, who is absolutely dedicated to being enjoyed by the Supreme Personality of Godhead. This is this Bhagavat Para. Rama is Bhagavat Para, uh, absolutely inclined to be possessed by the Supreme Personality of Godhead, Prabhupada translates it, or to be dedicated to be enjoyed by the Supreme Personality of Godhead. When you say something is Bhagavat Para, that means you're resting on, serving for, engrossed in, occupied with something. So she's, that's her uh, name. Here's my wife's name. She shows up in the Bhagavad Vidyutso Dhamani Yata. Appeared like lightning. Uh, and so, <clears throat> Prabhupada says in his purport, uh, Sri means opulence. Krishna is the owner of all opulence. You know, whenever you say Sri Krishna, that's what you're saying. And Prabhupada he quotes that verse of Bhoktaram Yajna Tapasam Sarva Loka Maheshwaram Suridam Sarva Bhutanam Jnatvamam Shantam Ritchati. He calls this the peace formula that Krishna is the enjoyer of all sacrifices and austerities, the the the, the, the proprietor of everything, the well-wisher of everyone. It's not from knowing this, Shanta Richati, one attains peace. Huh? And he says, so when people don't know this, they fight with each other. He says, the first prerequisite for peace is that all the wealth presented by Sri 
the goddess of fortune be offered to the supreme personality of Godhead. And he says, this is the teaching of the Krishna consciousness movement. So when Sri appeared, she came churned out of the ocean of milk. When she appeared, both the, remember that both the demons <laughs> and the devotees wanted to, and the, uh, yeah, the, the, the devas wanted to enjoy her. Uh, so Prabhupada says here, uh, the goddess of fortune never remains al alone. If one wants the favor of the goddess of fortune, Mother Lakshmi, because she is by nature Bhagavat Para, one must keep her with Narayana. Uh, he says the materialists who try to get the favor of the goddess of fortune only to possess her for per personal enjoyment are frustrated. Theirs is not a good policy. The celebrated demon, Ravana. By the way, in Sri Lanka, there are still people that worship Ravana as the hero. They got a reverse Ramayana. <laughs> Ravana is a good guy and Ramachandra is the bad guy. Just so you know. <laughs> that could spread too, you know. If we become successful. Uh, Sita, of course, was taken by the force of Lord. By, was taken by force by Lord Ramachandra, and Ravana and his entire uh, kingdom, material empire, was was vanquished. Uh, uh, one cannot achieve the mercy of the goddess of fortune unless one prays both to her and to the Supreme Enjoyer, the Personality of Godhead. So both together. So that's Sri Krishna, Sri Ram, you know, that Sri is not just decorative, that's saying something. That she, she, she belongs together with him. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's a little bewildering because we see materialists have have a lot of resources. Mm -hmm. They have a lot of resources, and sometimes we see that the devotees they don't. Mm -hmm. Even sometimes for devotional projects. Yeah. So I'm just curious, what is the mystery? Well, it 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 it, do, it doesn't mean that that. Uh, um, uh, you may get everything you want or need at once, uh, and the the trick is to to make sure that we are using everything that we have in Krishna's service. And when uh, my general experience is that when you use everything Krishna you have for service, then Krishna will give you more. But if we're not utilizing everything we have for Krishna's service, which by means our own senses and our own mind, I mean, that's... I mean, this human body is far out, isn't it? How did you get one of those? That's just quite a, quite a benediction, actually. You know, you got clever little opposable thumbs and you can do so many things and, you know, the brain is... You know, are we using that in Krishna's service or are we, you know... 
wasting half our half our life, uh, you know. Uh, so, so we should first of all use everything in Krishna's service, and then the other thing is that uh, 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 Krishna is in charge of timing, and sometimes he keeps you on ice until the you know, like in the freezer <laughs> until the right time. I mean, I, I think of Srila Prabhupada. Uh, who uh, it, it came to America fairly late in his life, wanting to go much earlier, not being able to go sooner, uh, uh, given the honor when he was a young man, but he came when he was old. But he arrived at the right time. If he'd come ten years before... So, you know, there, Krishna knows more than we do what all the factors are. So sometimes we're just getting ready. You know, the first volume of Srila Prabhupada Lilamrita is a life in preparation. So sometimes we just have to prepare and take whatever it is we are doing and learn to do it better and more complete. And I always take that way. Uh, uh, mostly... You know, our, 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 to me, our central practice, I mean, we have deity worship and all those wonderful things, but our really our central practice is to cultivate the holy name. And that's a, a very simple practice of trying to chant the Hare Krishna Maha Mantra while giving up offenses. Uh, one of one offense, for example, is to maintain a material desire. Now, it's not an offense against the holy name to have a material desire. That's just our unfortunate condition. That may be an obstacle, but it's not an offense. You know, there's a difference between sins and offenses. They're not exactly the same thing. So, I may have a material desire, but if I'm praying to Krishna, Krishna, please remove this material desire. I'm burdened with it. Please take it away. Then you're fine. But if I'm praying to Krishna, please fulfill this desire, then that's really, you know, nam aparad. Uh, so, so th in this way, we, ha we have to try to chant uh, while giving up offenses. And that's why we have this list of ten offenses against the holy name. And we have to practice like that. I, 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 uh, the, the first part of material nature that we really have to deal with effectively is our mind. Uh, we, we, are, we are practicing bhakti yoga uh, and uh, Krishna uh, informs us that, that the, in the sixth chapter of the Bhagavad Gita where it talks about yoga that yoga is, is centered around the mind dealing with the mind <coughs> we have our acharyas who have prayers to the mind oh my mind you're not a Vaishnava yeah, I'm living in this body with a non-devotee. I know that very well. 
I'm a devotee. I've decided to surrender to Krishna. My mind, you know, is like uh, rebellious, reluctant, afraid, whatever. Why is that like that? Well, because when I came and took birth in this body, I brought my mind with me from my last life or previous lives. It's been trailing along with me life after life. Because when you change bodies, you bring the subtle body with you. Uh, at, the, at the time of death, we're automatically liberated from the gross body. We're freed from it, right? We're not freed from the subtle body, we take birth again. So, so liberation means you uh, shuffle off the mortal coil, you know? Uh, this is uh, Shakespeare's expression in Hamlet, when we shuffle off this mortal coil, meaning the body there wraps around us that's mortal, that's deathly. But you see, we don't shuffle it off. We only shuffle off one. The one stays with us, the mind. So, so that to me is the, the part of material nature we really have to, to deal with. And that's real, you know, not easy. And we, and we can't do it alone, actually. We have to cre- we request Krishna's help. <laughs> At least most of us do. I mean, if you're almost a liberated soul and this is your last birth, you probably won't have too much trouble. Uh, but, uh, but most of us uh, have to struggle uh, with the mind. And that's, you know. And remember also another thing that we learned from the Bhagavatam and Bhagavad Gita, that in material nature, the more subtle things are, the more powerful they are. Also, the mind is very, very powerful. I mean, you know, Arjuna has all his objections. Yeah, the yoga you've described to me, he says, seems unendurable and unbearable because the mind is very difficult to control. It's like trying to control the wind. It's impossible. And Krishna says, that's true, but it's possible. By two things, constant practice, the word he uses is abhyasa, and detachment. Vairagya, abhyasa, these, these two things you can copy, Vaira- detachment and practice. The word practice, abhyasa, you, it shows up abhyasa yoga yuktena chetasa na, uh, chetasa mana, manasa na gamma, uh, those words are uh, by practice of not letting the mind go elsewhere, fixing the mind on Krishna. It always wants to go elsewhere. When we chant japa, that's a good place to practice because there's Krishna, Hare Krishna, there's elsewhere all the other things that pop into our head and you bring it back. That practice means you repetition. Right? When you practice, you know, I used to take violin lessons when I was a kid. What was practice? Over and over and over again. And you did that after a while, you know, you got a little better at it. But it took practice. 
Some of us may be more skilled in the beginning than others, but, you know, practice is required. You want to become good at a sport, you have to repeat over and over again. Whatever skill you want to learn, you it, practice and practice means reputation, rep, repetition. So that that's what that's what he, he says. Uh, so everybody can practice and try to get better. And it's it's not like this is we're on our own, because by that sincere effort. We're showing Krishna we are interested. And then Krishna helps. He's situated in our heart. He's watching. He's ready to give us help so soon as we show him we're really interested. But if I'm, you know, okay, Krishna, I want to be Krishna conscious sometimes, but other times I want to forget about it and do some other things, it's not really interested, you know. So if I have some other interest than Krishna, then I should be saying to Krishna, yeah, I I have this other interest that's independent of you. Please free me from it. This is a problem. I mean, even St. Augustine said, when I was young and foolish, I prayed to the Lord, Lord, give me chastity, means celibacy, Give me chastity, but not just yet. <laughs> he said. <laughs> but he learned better. Well, I think if we do, if we if we do what we can do with what we have, you'll find out things re- will really change. And the more of us do it, the faster it'll it'll change. A Krish- Krishna could give us the whole world right now, but we blow it. I guarantee it. <laughs> oh, let's make ourselves ready. Yeah? I had a question uh, about, you were speaking about sense gratification. Mm-hmm. And I'm wondering, uh, for devotee, I'm practicing for many years, and I fully accept Krishna conscious philosophy, and actually I look at the world through Shastra, but then sometimes I go to the forest in the spring, I see the flowers, birds, not the all, all the time I remember the kind of I'm enjoying. Is it sense gratification separately from Krishna or it is natural? Uh, you, we, we can come to the point, it's not, not that you, you can't take delight in a forest, but you can say, Prabhupada said once in a class, don't see a tree, see Krishna. <laughs> so you can think how wonderful Krishna is that he has given me this nice forest to see. How beautiful is this forest? How much even more beautiful is that from which it came? So eventually when we take delight in anything, we take delight in Krishna. This is Krishna's energy. Krishna includes that forest. Nothing is different from Krishna even though Krishna is different from everything. We have to learn to see that way. And if I don't, if I just see... Just keep trying. Just keep trying. Because the other thing will be, that one one day Prabhupada was uh, uh, in Boston. Uh, Boston, Massachusetts, has very 
rough weather in the winter time. It's right on the ocean, and uh, anyway. So he stepped out of the Boston Temple. It was one of those days, wet, cold, bleak. Everybody uh, you know, trying to get out of the weather. And the devotee with Prabhupada said, Oh, what a miserable day. Prabhupada looked at him and said, You are miserable. <laughs> so the dualities is that, that actually if one, one is really Krishna conscious, you always see Krishna, not just on the nice days, but even the bad days. So we have to we have to make more advancement, but it doesn't mean you should close your eyes or or, or not take delight in, in in something that's delightful. But just you know, Prabhupada said that when we drink water, it, that's you know I mean that's sense gratification. But we should say thank you, Krishna, for quenching my thirst. Thank you for Krishna for showing me this forest. Thank you for Krishna for making such a beautiful butterfly. I mean, every time you look at the birds, you have to thank Krishna. Because the Bhagavatam tells us how to look at this thing. It says, the variety of the birds are the exhibition of his artistic taste. This is in the second canto. It tells you how to look at everything in the material world as part of the body of Krishna. This is the descriptions of the universal form. There are five of them in the second and third canto. Five descriptions of the universal form. And the whole fifth canto is the same thing. That means you can look at everything. Because Prabhupada said, don't see a tree, see Krishna. Doesn't mean that the tree is God. But you should see that tree is in relationship to Krishna. So we should train our senses that way. When we read pastimes of Krishna, it's not that all the cowherd boys just see, oh, this is true Krishna. It's, it's somehow different a little bit. They see it's tree and this it's Krishna <laughs> in another form. Yeah, but they don't think all the time like that. Well, because the, the Krishna is right there also in person. When you're a cowherd boy, you'll understand. <laughs> they don't forget Krishna at any time. What? I know everything is there for Krishna. And it's very obvious too. You know that when Radharani goes out to meet with Krishna, all the flowers in the meadow, uh, in the meadow change their colors to match her dress? That's what Vrindadevi does. She arranges everything so it makes everything more beautiful. Makes Radharani more beautiful, makes Krishna more beautiful, makes all, all the people in relationship. All, and for the cowherd boys, those trees are devotees of Krishna. They're Krishna conscious. There's no dull matter there. The trees are worshiping Krishna in the form of passive adoration, and therefore they're offering all their flowers to him. It's different. They see all the devotees and how wonderful Krishna is that he's making all this happen, you know, sure. 
Anything else? Yeah? <coughs> Thank you. Uh, you mentioned something about this complex, uh, <coughs> very prominent in, uh, in the living being. Is that applies mostly to men or women as well? They have their own issues, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, women also uh, are enjoyers. You know, not maybe the form of the Oedipus come. Even, you know, they made up one for women, but I, I don't know the, the psychology for that one, you know, but uh, want to kill their mothers and marry their fathers or something? I don't yeah, know. Electra. <laughs> Electra complex, yeah. Electra right? Complex. right? Yeah. The, the women, their problem, according to Freud, is that, or Freud's followers, was they have uh, incest desire for their son. Oh, really? Huh? Yeah, that's their... Yeah, that's their problem? Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> But these are theories, I don't know. But everybody's hung up some way or another, got their God project going this way or that way, huh? Mm -hmm. Yeah? Uh, thank you for mentioning this uh, uh, point of uh, uh, the demons, they, they will be killed anyways. And you say that we don't have to do that. Mm, yeah, that's right. Because sometimes uh, my, my, somebody might, someone might think, oh, I have to kill the demons, but... Uh, uh, only if you're a kshatriya. <laughs> that might be your job. <laughs> yeah. But Christian can do it, you know. One big wind. Doesn't, doesn't take much. One meteorite, you know. Whatever. He can do it himself. Yeah. Yeah, your point about... Uh one day they will pinpoint uh, why milk from cows with a, who are protected gives brain mm -hmm. uh, fine tissues that can are able to understand. Yeah, I mean, that's just biology. Actually, there, I want to bring up last fall, there was in a mainstream magazine here in Sweden, it's called Focus, it comes out regularly. There was a professor in clinical bacteriology from Gothenburg University and she was criticizing the unnecessary process of uh, pasteurizing, mm -hmm. homogenizing, saying it ruins the milk. Because milk has this wonder, they don't understand why, but raw milk uh, has some wonderful capacity. For example, there's studies show that children on the farms who drink raw milk, their, uh, back, their immune system is much better, and they're free from allergies and stuff. So she was actually saying, why don't we make small uh, uh, dairy farms with expensive milk? You know, why, why milk has to be so subsidized, so cheap by this? She calls it brutal technological process. Mm. So she was actually arguing that we should have small dairies with luxury milk at a higher price. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Mm. Yeah. This was in a mainstream magazine, Focus, you know, it has nothing mm -hmm. to do with, you know, alternative uh, anything. I, I have to say that in the years that I've been a devotee, a big section of the world has moved closer to us. You know, I mean, when I, when I became a vegetarian, my mother thought I was going to die. Uh, you know, then, then 20 years later, she says, oh, your diet is so healthy. <laughs> You know, that's like, wow, how did that happen? <laughs> you know? 
I mean, it's, it really, one part of the world, anyway, has she moved a, a lot. She was a nurse also, right? Huh? She was a nurse. She was a nurse, yeah. She was, like, trained up, you know. Uh, yeah, so, so has, one part of the world has, has moved uh, cl- much closer to us. Uh, and we might actually be owed some credit for that. Uh, because uh, an early Back to Godhead magazine, Prabhupada had them publish a, 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 an article written by his godbrother Sridhar Maharaj. And Sridhar Maharaj talks about that when you chant the Hare Krishna Maha Mantra, the sound goes into the ether. Because sound is this, that's its place, is ether, which of course people don't think that's just empty space, but it's not. And sound, they think, is a vibration in the air, but it's not, because you can make a sound in your mind. But anyway, sound goes into the ether, and it purifies the ether. And then uh, the, uh, the ether becomes more pure than the next gross element, air, or fire? No, what's next? is fire. Fire will be purified, then, uh, which may mean electricity, all kinds of other things. Uh, and then, then uh, air will become purified, then water will become purified, then earth will become purified from, from, from subtle to gross. Uh, and this, it'll gradually filter down. J- even if, it, you know, you just chant in an empty room, it's purifying the ether, which is full of God knows what stuff, you know, going through there with all the different microwaves and this broadcast and that broadcast. And we're being tattooed right now uh, through our subtle bodies, you know, how much stuff is going through us that we're not able to detect, but some other machine could detect it, you know. All the wirelesses and you know whatever else. Uh, so they, they uh, that that could, that that was what he said anyway. That the ether becomes purified and then gradually everything else becomes purified uh, in in that that way. Um, because it is changing in some some ways. Uh, there was no. People were just getting started with the idea of, a, uh, of, of uh, you know, being serious about in, environmentalism. You know, the idea, like when I first read Prabhupada's Bhagavatam, the first canto, and he was talking about <clears throat> cows and everything, and he mentions the duties of a king also is to... Uh, protect the praja, and he says the praja means every living being in the kingdom, not just the humans. And then I put it into our contemporary language. I said, my God, this means that animals have civil rights. They're citizens. They have civil rights. Maybe different from human, but they have civil rights. And then they, you know, in the last 10 years or 15 years, law schools have taught courses in animal rights. And even my, my, my eldest son, he went to, went to law school. He, uh, he, he uh, 
had a, 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 a summer a legal job, which you do sort of just to get points with, representing the civil rights of a forest in court. You know, they don't, you know, still it's a little tenuous that animals have civil rights, but at least that idea has been taught in law schools somewhere. And, and, uh, and people have been thinking about it. That would be, you know, a big change. And, and the idea that, that animals are conscious. You know, people used to think that they don't feel pain. They don't, you know, they're not, there's nobody at home and they're just kind of machines. It doesn't matter what they feel even though it's obvious to everybody. Uh, now that's being acknowledged that, that animals have their own lives. And people start to realize they have languages. Remember what talks in the Bhagavatam, Krishna talking the language of the birds and the language of the monkeys. You know, they're, they're social. That's, anyway, people are starting to recognize that. The big obstacle is we cannot treat them though as just for our convenience. They have significance for themselves. And, and therefore we have to respect that. You know, it's very, very different outlook that's gradually increasing more and more and more. And all they're doing is looking at what's obvious. Every kid who has had a pet dog knows that dog is there, and you know there's somebody at home, and they're there. But then, then you know they're just things. When you want them to be things that don't, you can do anything, any, whatever. You can ignore that. Yeah. Hi Krishna. <clears throat> speak about that uh, about materialistic people that uh, they want to separate uh, Ram from Sita, Hanuman, mm -hmm. uh, because they want to enjoy and uh, because they want to become God's self. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Then I was thinking um, in society of devotee, um, if we see the situation in, I don't know, the other country, but in Sweden, before in Koshness, there was much more activity, mm -hmm. and then in Govinda's temple, there is still uh, activities but uh, less devotee and the atmosphere, the inspiration is like not so like it was before. Mm -hmm. What kind of problem we have? Because the materialistic people, they want to enjoy, but devotee, they don't want to enjoy, they want to serve, mm -hmm. but anyway, there is some problem. Well, I'm aware of this. 
So some sometimes it's up and sometimes it's down. Mm-hmm. Yeah, thank you. All all I can suggest that that any one person can do is is try to improve one's own Krishna consciousness. Oh. And those people that are interested in also improving their Krishna consciousness, um, uh, not everyone who uh, joins, who's, uh, yeah, many more people are attracted to the Krishna consciousness movement than actually want to follow its practices. Uh. That's a fact. You know, that's just, that's just a fact. And it's always been that way. Uh, uh, and uh, and so uh, all you can do is is have a serious evaluation uh, of your own self. Uh, the, the the point the and so we may find you know here's here's the pure devotee and here you know we we here's the beginning of Krishna consciousness and here's the end you know. And people are strung out along this pathway. It's always going to be like that. And you can't, we don't even, because new people are coming all the, if they're coming all the time, you're going to get, you know, this kind of thing. But the real thing is, the essential quality is that we should train people to be honest with themselves uh, and sincerely just trying to become better. If if you get halfway there and then something you stop trying to become better, uh, you'll start to slide back. You'll be blocked. Uh, so the judgment should be uh, just so that people, wherever they may be on you know the scale of you know beginning from shraddha inning to prema, uh, wherever you, one may be, one is sincerely trying to become better. All the time, but, uh, all the time. Don't quit. Yeah, and even even if you slip back, get back up again, and keep going. Mm. You know that determination has to be there. Uh, and I, I, for for yourself or any individual, if you really want to improve in Krishna consciousness and you're serious about it and honest with yourself, uh, you will find out that Krishna is making arrangements for you to get better. He always does that. And it's not subtle. It's not subtle at all. Krishna wants all of us to become devotees. We've got some here. So long as we're... Now, now, you know, if we're, we're defending an anartha, if we substituted, you know, little things for big things... If there are a way of improving the Krishna consciousness movement is seeing what's wrong with you and what's wrong with you and what's wrong with you, you know, you're going to get stuck because you're not being honest with yourself. You, this happens. Uh, read the Chaitanya Charitamrita about this devotee named Ramachandra Puri. Uh, the peop- that, th- those kind of things happen. People get stuck and they substitute some minor thing for the major thing and then go on a crusade uh, that, that, uh, uh, you know, whatever it may be that somebody is eating too much or or, or, or the women aren't dressed properly or whatever your obsession is, you know, you can start getting 
going on that thing. Well, the problem with Krishna consciousness is that the sannyasis are not advanced enough. I'm not, not, not my problem is there are not enough advanced devotees in this movement, right? That's the problem. Therefore, I don't have to be advanced myself. You know, whatever. You know, there's so many tricks the mind can play to give you excuses, you know. But if you're, we're honest with ourselves, that, that's really kind of the root thing, is one has to at least be honest with oneself. Have this frankness. Charlatan, it's called in Sanskrit, you know. Frankness or simplicity. The opposite of simplicity, Prabhupada said, is duplicity. That, that requirement is there. And then go forward. I may have material desires, but we, we should try to make my material desires not uh, non-negotiable. I want Krishna consciousness plus money. I have to have both. I'm thinking that if you one should have faith means that if you attain Krishna consciousness, sarva karma kritahoy, then automatically everything else you will be satisfied in every department. It means you have a you have a lack of faith, basically. That I that I need Krishna consciousness and this. And sometimes we think we need other things, and it turns out that we don't. Just, just our, just our insecurities or illusions or false ego carrying along with us. You know. Oh, that is. We, we should try to have increase our faith. And then the whole, you know, then we'll become better, and then the people around us will, will help them. And maybe somebody can't stand it anymore, and we'll leave. And, we all feel a little more relieved. I don't know. But whatever happens, it will happen. Just just by trying to sincerely become better. You have to start with what you have and then, then, then improve. And we do, you know, you we have a lot of assets to help us become Krishna conscious. You know, we have to make use of them. And then Krishna will move heaven and earth to, to help us out. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, please forgive me. You, you, you say that uh, you need to be honest with yourself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But if if I think that I'm honest with me, mm-hmm. but uh, still I don't know, without my conscience, the under the service is false ego, false yeah. uh, goal. Yeah. And I don't know about that. That may be. We sometimes are not conscious of everything that we're doing. Nice to have somebody tell you <laughs> that, that, that you trust. That it is society. Yeah, that, yeah. At least one person <laughs> that you can confide in, and uh, that person, you know, well, uh, you can, you can, th- you, you, you know, it really helps if, if. You know that somebody else actually wishes you well. <laughs> like Prabhupada would sign his letter, your ever well wishers. That actually wishes you well. And it's not trying to think, yeah, if you bloop, then that means I'm a better devotee or whatever, you know. 
<laughs> you go away. Or, you know, so that helps. Right? But first, you should work, we should we, I'll start with ourselves. Do I wish everybody else well? Okay. It's, it's gotten pretty late. I, I know we don't have to eat breakfast, but should, should I? Okay, way in the back. I have a comment about the milk. The milk, okay. By scientific research, two hours after production that is coming out of the cow is sterile. It has some natural antibodies which help that it can be drunk directly. There are no like external microbes or disease. But for that, the cow has to be healthy. Yeah. From a healthy cow, the healthy milk comes up to two hours. And now the dairy industry, what it does, it connects milk from all the farmers. So it is like the milk must spend at least 24 hours in the dairy farm. And therefore, they must need the process of pasteurization yeah. and homogenization for distribution. Well, see, it seems to me that that's why you need lots of cows locally, very close by. And not this big, you know, shipping things all across the country, having to keep preserve it. I mean, somebody may find some better ways to preserve it a little longer, but you know. I, I mean, I was in Bengal, you know, and uh, uh, I went to Ekachakra when it was like a real rural Bengali town. And as far as I could see at that time, there was only one light bulb in the whole town, <laughs> and that was off. But but I I could see like this like traditional Bengali house, the 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 it was like a courtyard, mm. one side the humans, the other side the cows, and everything was covered with cow dung, and practically everybody had a cow or two. You know, I mean just like that. Uh. So the idea, at least in India, was to you know get some milk from all the small farmers. Yeah. Not a single drop of milk should be left in the village, and bring it to the huge dairy farms where they can have like million liters. Yeah, well, that's yeah. Yeah. So everybody gets dependent on the big company. Yeah, I know what's happened. Yeah, we have to deindustrialize. <laughs> People will lose money. <laughs> and that happens. Then people are not happy when they're losing money, and then they start to fight with you and demonize you, and you know. Even Prabhupada told me that one day there's going to be a war. In fact, he said there should be a war. He said these wars where the demons fight the demons, that doesn't do any good. But if you have a war where one side is devotees and the other side the demons, then it's Krishna consciousness. I mean, you know. Kshatriyas, right? That's what you need. I mean, I, I, I got freaked out. I was in the room with Balavanta and, and Prabhupada said that not only he said, I'll tell you what he said, not only he said there should be a war, he took his hand like this, like a gun, and he went, Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, ksh, ksh. Krishna, Krishna, Hare, Hare. That is Krishna consciousness. 
I, as we used to say in those days, freaked out <laughs> in my head. Because I had already met some devotees that scared the hell out of me. <laughs> Hitler was a brahmachari, you know, this kind of stuff. Now, they really were fanatic, you know. So, I decided I had to ask Prabhupada a question about my, I had a doubt. <laughs> it was Hare Krishna. <laughs> I was with Balavanta. We had a political party called the In God We Trust Party for Purified Leaders, right? And so, you know, Prabhupada was, we stopped it later, but, you know, at the time it was like a very serious thing. And you a uh, big chunk of the Bhagavatam gives you a kind of political science for the age of Kali. How Maharaj Prichit received Kali and what he did. So, so I started, I had to express my doubt to Srila Prabhupada. So then I got to ask him my question, and by then I'd expressed it this way. I said, Srila Prabhupada, you foresee a day when devotees will command armies and run countries? He said, yes. And then my question was, so in that case, how can we be sure that we won't become demons? He wanted devotees on one side and demons on the other, but... Uh, that was my question. How can we be, be sure when you have so much power and that you won't be, we won't become demons? Prabhupada said, chant 16 rounds a day and follow the four regulative principles. Well, I was immediately relieved because it wasn't a fuzzy answer. You know, 16, 4, you know, <laughs> rounds, regular principles. You know. Clear answers. But then I said to Prabhupada, and that's enough? And he said, yes, that's enough. Complete conviction. So I was really, really happy with that. Uh, then, then, you know, in the course of time, I saw some leaders who probably were chanting 16 rounds a day, and following the four regular principles, who fell aside, went aside or went off the rails. I mean, I had to deal with Kirtananda very close by at one time, you know. I assume he was, but that can happen. So I, my only little footnote to what Prabhupada said was, you have to chant 16 rounds uh, in a sustainable way. That is, you have to really be chanting and trying to give up offenses. If it's offensive chant, if your 16 rounds is nish 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 nom 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 nish 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 nom 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 nish 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 nom 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 yeah, you can say, okay, I've done my 16 rounds. But then there'll be other problems. So I think Prabhupada, you know, that that's what he said. So we shall come to that. 16, it's very simple to say, 16 rounds a day and four regular principles. That was his answer. Well, we uh, we can save not only save ourselves. Hey, we can save the whole world just by doing that. <laughs> okay, we'll stop now.
Thank you very much. Srila Prabhupada ki jai. Bhagavatam ki jai. Sita Ram Lakshman Hanuman ki jai.